living in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream. Yes, this is the Nightmare Junkhead. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about the Soskas Rosebud. Soska. Yes, Twisted Twins Productions, the finest company that Canada has to offer. Wait, is all over the place? God damn it. I quit. No more Orson Welles in this video. Uh, if you need me, I'll be in my trailer with a brandy and a bunch of ham. Over to you, Greg. That was kind of phenomenal, genius. Thank you. My goodness. Uh, before... That was Orson Welles. That was Orson Welles <laughs> with a wonderful introduction to our podcaster, ladies and gentlemen, Nightmare Junkhead. Uh, before we get any further into the episode, let me remind you that we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. Boom Howdy, y'all. Boom Howdy, including uh, such wonderful po podcast episodes as Control-Alt-Delete and the new Brethren in Town, the Tunalicious Podcast. So check us out at BoomHowdy.com, and if you'd like to listen to us on the go, check us out through your iTunes or Stitcher apps, search for Boom Howdy, and when we drop the latest episode, it will go down, drown, bleh, download directly into the device of your choice. Yes. Down the drain, like this podcast is quickly becoming. Mr. Wells, Mr. Wells, please let genius take over fine all right does anybody have any bottles of wine at two dollars a bottle boone's fine warm <laughs> shit all right i'm back <laughs> there he is <laughs> so you mentioned the you know the uh jen and sylvia saska are truly the finest canadian import since molson as you once said M yes most definitely uh what are your opinions of miss jen and sylvia saska uh, they'd make phenomenal movies <laughs> yes they, they do. do great movies and they're very pretty they're, oh come on now come on now they're pretty let's let's not bring looks into this let's no it has nothing to do with it it's just kind of like you know you have a like a badass cake a cake made of like violence and gore and really cool really really badass movies and then just the fact that they're very pretty this is the kind of the icing on the cake <laughs> well and, and given the fact that they are twins you know the image goes a long way yeah. with that so but they're really really cool they're phenomenal um they are how would what would be the closest um comparison we can make in terms of because they are basically they're the new horror they're the new horror generational they are the new horror directors they are that next step in horror and their their writing is phenomenal some of the best dialogue between like some of the characters oh, i'd what? have to say they're a cross between tobe hooper and quentin tarantino Good combination. Yeah, I would have. I love the Toby Hooper in there. Yeah, uh, just in terms of the the kind of their visual sensibilities, mm -hmm. and then they definitely have the gift of the dialogue. Uh -huh. They have an ear for it. Yeah. Um. You know, the way it turns out is, you know, obviously you can tell in their films how much they are kind of students of horror, and so it goes back to they've they've always been watching horror movies. They're steeped. They they know their shit. Definitely. And the story goes that they were begging their mom to just rent them a horror movie. They wanted to watch something horrific. And it turns out the very first one they saw was Poltergeist. And that just kick-started their love of horror. Mm -hmm. And they just dived in headfirst and just and ate it up. Yeah. And you can see it in their films. Yeah, you can see some of the influences and just... Abs you can see them. they take their own. Oh, no, know, they have their own distinct voice, yeah. absolutely. But you can tell there's the homages, there's the mm -hmm. respect, which I... 
for me as a horror fan, I do think to be a true a true horror fan, you really need to go back and look at the older films. You know, your nineties, your eighties, your seventies, your sixties, your fifties, most definitely, your thirties. You got to know your history before you know your future. Absolutely, and when you and you can see that in their filmmaking Mm -hmm. that they know that they've gone through horror one hundred and one. They're in that advanced next level graduate level stuff. You know, they really know their their horror and they take their stuff seriously with a wink and a nudge you there's know? a lovely wink and a nudge there yeah. which adds to their distinct flavor their mm-hmm. character yeah that really comes out in all their films um so eventually they got into film school and they did a uh, dead hooker in a trunk which, which the title alone if that doesn't tell you what kind of movie you're in for you're in the wrong theater you're gonna yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i mean what's this movie is this a merchant ivory film not quite is there any subtext to this what are we looking at is this a metaphor what is this it's like no 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 no. you're getting a, what you're getting it's a dead hooker in a trunk let's just get down to brass tacks <laughs> well it's it's kind of interesting though the fact that um they've really they wanted initially to go into acting and I think their their initial barrier was there's not a lot of work for twins. There's only specified roles, yeah. which open them up to do the writing and the directing. And which, um, unless you're going to be a baby on a sitcom <laughs> like Mary Kate and Ashley was, there's not a lot of yeah. Don't forget there was a third like you know the uh, the, the less developed one. Unfortunately, <laughs> as it turned out, she was the the quato. <laughs> Use the reactor. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So no, they um. God. <laughs> Wild tangents. Tangents everywhere. <laughs> we do, we do. But I'm glad it uh, opened them up to the possibility of writing and directing because to me, that's where their true voice shines. Because like you said, their material is so distinct yeah. and so clearly theirs. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the things that I really like about them is they do bring a younger sensibility to the horror field mm-hmm. um, because and they're not only younger but a female perspective yes you know that can't be stressed enough right in terms of strong female voices and i would say let's just get rid of the voice the female and just say strong voices mm-hmm. let's recognize talent for what it is exactly and not necessarily have to genderify it but the fact that they are such a good strong force and are very inspirational to a whole legion of younger film fans that are out there and especially right. if they can get more uh, women and girls into horror that's awesome that's a plus because it's not it's not a boys club by not any at means all. But, not at all but there's not there's not enough female sensibilities and females know more horror than men can in your ever Our, we have a very good friend <laughs> um her name is erica kaufman she is the uh owner co-owner of atomic cotton of t-shirts check them out They're stop fantastic. what you're doing if you're a horror fan if you're a sci-fi fan you will love their mm-hmm. work but she can almost she could school us when it comes to horror movies yeah she could wipe the walls with us man and that's why she's always one of my favorite people in the world to hang out with because she knows her horror and she actually uh atomic cotton put out a shirt specifically for the Saskas mm-hmm. and one of their films the film we're going to talk about in a little segment we call the netflix nasties bum, bum. we take a look that's currently streaming on Netflix so you the faithful listener can get out there and enjoy the film as soon as you're listening to this episode hell maybe play it along as a commentary track who knows how it's right. gonna work but we are gonna look at uh, 2012's American Mary written and directed by the one and only Jen and Sylvia Saska Saska what did you think of it genius I loved it I thought it was such a good film and yeah it's horror because it's gory i mean it's gore but it's like a hardcore revenge 
Almost it, it, like, it does play like a revenge almost thriller. Almost exploitation-y. Like one of those good old 70s yeah, one uh-huh. with the grime and the dirt and you mm-hmm. just kind of felt dirty afterwards. Well, the, the, In the uh, good way. Well, yeah, and it's actually the uh, the synopsis of the film is, uh, I got this off of, I think, IMDb, uh, but the allure of easy money sends Mary Mason, a medical student, into the world of underground surgeries, which ends up leaving more marks on her than her so-called freakish clients. And that's the the bare bones of this. Yeah, that's the cliff notes. Very much the cliff notes because there is so much going on in this film. Yeah, there's a lot of things to say oh my in goodness. this movie. So let's start with um, Mary Mason, played by the one and only Catherine Isabella, mm-hmm. who, if you're a horror fan, you've seen her. Uh, and you talk about another younger generation, uh, the movie Ginger Snaps. Yeah, which is a great movie on its own. Wonderful movie. Yeah. One of the better werewolf movies I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's actually where she got her start and really kind of made a name for herself. She was also in uh, Freddy vs. Jason, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. So she was one of the teens that got off. But she stars as Mary Mason. She is the American Mary in this film. Um, and she sells this. She does such a good job in this she's, movie. I she's mean. very, she's dour, uh-huh. you know, because she's very low energy and low key. Very demure. Very demure. Yeah. But she plays it with a very precise control, though. Like, she's in control of every scenario she's in. Even when she's not Even in control. Even when she's not. Because she then yeah. gets control later. Absolutely. Yeah. She, it's just a very powerful performance. I was very impressed by it. Um, my wife and I are actually in the um, process of rewatching all the X-Files. And we were watching, I, I think it was in season four, but she's in one of the episodes. I was like, oh my God, there's Catherine Isabella. And I mean, she's young little Catherine Isabella. And let's face it, in this film, she's very attractive, which plays into kind of the overall, I would almost say iconic imagery of Mary in this film and how she evolves. Yeah. Because she's, she's, I'm just going to say, she's beautiful. She, oh yeah, absolutely. She's absolutely. Just downright beautiful. But then when she comes out, she has her own little attire, this specific thing that she wears. And it's just like... Very iconic. It is very, and I'm curious to see if the Sasuke uh, twins, if they were really going out of their way to create, because it is really iconic. Like mm-hmm. to me, Mary will eventually be able to stand in the pantheon. I really do think that, just in terms of the what an um, you know the iconography means. But I'm curious to see if they did that on purpose or if it was just, just something happenstance and just kind of organic. Yeah, exactly. I like to think it's both. Yeah. You know, they're like, we want to make sure that there she stands out, but at the same time, if she becomes something bigger, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's cool. And I I, 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 I like to think that too because it's just the perfect combination. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I, the things I'd like to ask, things like that, you know, definitely. Right. Um, so we've got um, Catherine Isabella. Now we also have, and to me, the person that actually steals the movie for me is Beatrice. You, uh, you are correct, sir. Uh, played by Tristan Risk, yeah. who, for me, almost steals the movie. <laughs> She's great. She's a treat. I Her performance as, and, and honestly, just in terms of the way she looks, the, and you speak of iconography, yeah. you know, her character actually looks very much like, a, almost like, like a, a porcelain, weird porcelain Betty weird. Boop. And just that voice, and she's like, don't be a cunt, darling. You know, and it's just, and you know what? She's awesome in real life, too. So, so. you actually have had the opportunity to meet her? Yes. Um, for Jill Six made a movie, Call Girl, with Lawrence Harvey. Speaking from, of upcoming female horror directors. I know, right? Uh, with Lawrence Harvey from uh, Human Centipede 2 and 3, which I can't wait for 3, <laughs> and uh, Trish and Risk. And they're in town for like the big screening the big world premiere and Mm -hmm. it's a great little movie it's a great little five minute like little wonderful movie and then tristan risk was afterwards having drinks and we were all having a good time and talking and she's just a delight she's just she's funny and she's fun and and she's really pretty she does a burlesque 
um in vancouver so she does that there's a great scene with her later where she does play um a stripper mm-hmm. but she's stripping in the background and, she, and she's being all sexy and just moving provocatively and then she she's married she goes like hi she just waves and then like it was the greatest yeah. little breaking of character wave of actually going into your real character you yeah. know now she just really sells the performance makes her sympathetic mm-hmm. uh i was just, I, I for me she was kind of the standout performance for yeah. me actually i was the biggest surprise because i knew um catherine isabella from other films but i didn't know about tristan risk and then yeah when she just plays she plays the shit out of it and then another character i like in that movie um was the big heavy i can't think of his name right now, now. you're talking about the the big bodyguard yeah the or, big bodyguard yeah the yeah. one that has that nice little moment with mary at the end yeah he has the he's like i didn't figure you for a vanilla girl right and then just like he, he, he does the milkshake and talks about his mother yeah and like, he, he yeah. gives her that great line he's like don't ever apologize for what you do yeah oh it was just a great little character he, yeah it just it just added such like gravitas to the movie you know that speaks to the fact that i think jen and silvio really got a they had a good feel for every single character in this film just in terms of very distinct vision voice yeah. and, and you'd re- think he would be like a one-dimensional like i'm a big tough character but oh, no, then he, he has the little speech that adds just so much to not only his character but just to the movie and almost it's almost the moral of the story it really is yeah yeah because um there's a oh my goodness there is a very hard to watch rape uh, scene in this yeah. film and it, it, I don't want to say it's one of those that we dare you to not to watch, but it, it's 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 right. intense, especially the way Kath, the way she sells it in her eyes. Because you just see it in the eyes. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, the Hills Have Eyes too, or no, no, gr- gratuitous. Not- like Rawr! that was hard to watch. Yeah, but this one was hard to watch on a psychological level. Very much so. And you don't see any like actual penetration or any like violence. Or, I mean, you do see violence, but I mean, you don't see any like like real shit you, you just it's, it's all in it's her that, eyes and it's all the, in like the body movement the loss yeah. of control yeah no longer having that freaked me out that yeah. was really rough to, but it starts the revenge kind of the revenge portion of the mm-hmm. film where she goes after and it's her actually one of her uh in, her professors that inflicts this him and his whole group of yeah and his all the just the demented doctors just the guys the, that had subscriptions to maxim yeah. i mean those are those <laughs> seriously they're those kind of guys just kind of just douchey yeah uh and they're, they're portrayed pretty well um very much so in fact uh, to the point where they become true antagonist where you want to see them get their comeuppance definitely and let me tell you what he goes through some shit <laughs> because she decides to perf- she starts practicing her craft which becomes body modification yeah and this is where i think just in terms of having a younger voice uh just the fact that they did feature that i mean that's a big part of this film is that mary mason becomes this body modification surgeon yeah but she does the really intense stuff the hardcore stuff yeah. i mean the stuff you see in magazines in and websites strange land yeah, yeah. Strange land. <laughs> wow nice d snyder pull there <laughs> now some hair <laughs> d's my boy um <laughs> But they actually bring in people with the real piercings, the real modifications. Mm-hmm. It's no actual special effects. They yeah. brought in the real people on that. And it's kind of nice because it gives them a nice little voice, too. And she yeah. actually, the way she starts marketing herself through Beatrice, which I loved, mm-hmm. is her little like little her little uh, hype man out there, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, boy! It's <laughs> a big old clock around her neck. No, come on now. You can't tell me. It, Tristan, if you're listening to this, if we could see some Flavor Flav, like, <laughs> like cosplay or just like Beatrice themed. B. <laughs> Beatrice B. <laughs> oh my 
my god, that'd be incredible. Man, I can't even remember where I was now thinking about that. That's just like such a like a paradigm shift there. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't that work? She comes in with like a bikini and like horns, Viking horns and a big clock, and that's it. Oh, I love it. Um but no, the fact that um she just starts going to work on the professor again kind of uh, you know, perfecting her craft practice that she, makes perfect yes yeah. and you there's some gnarly stuff that you see her put him through mm-hmm. there's the hooks in the back and deserving though oh absolutely but she says that when she's doing with torture it's just like sexual like he raped her mm-hmm. so now she's gonna rape him it oh was absolutely just, just it, it was it was a very sexual scene, but it was just like, oh, you're in for some shit, dude. The, you know, <laughs> that's what I kind of liked about it, too, is the fact that she was also just very matter of fact of it. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to practice this on you now because I hear it's a big thing amongst the young kids. <laughs> and the way she again, she just that kind of just dour personality. It just it's very striking based on how she looks because it's mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of lingerie then there's that nice black slicker that she has yeah. which is just boom it's, it's like a leather perfect. it's yeah. oh it works so well uh-huh oh there's just again i i really hope they were kind of going for it but not necessarily you know <laughs> just in terms of the iconography there let's hope um, there's cosplay later on in the future yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm american mary yes you yes are. you are yes you are <laughs> you know there, i'm actually I, th- I have seen a few of it out there already oh and yeah then, yeah and then that's uh, good that's, oh it's wonderful that, that that speaks to like what they were trying to do it speaks to the the longevity of the movie oh the oh goodness this is going to be and this is going to be one of those films i think eventually down the line is kind of a litmus test for your friends mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah you're cool yeah you, you've seen american mary yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay cool, cool yeah cool, okay cool. We're right we're good we can hang yeah. it's, it's you know it was the night of the creeps back in the day you know was the one i always did <laughs> so it's just i think this is going to be that next film that does that um but also you know we talked about the body modification but also uh, good practical effects in this film as well mm-hmm. which i think is again them basically saying you know what we loved films from the 80s and 90s that used those effects right. pre-CGI, and it's all good practical gore. It's all great gore, and because it, it's not crazy over the top, no, Eli no. Roth, and it's not like all done off screen. It's just right enough to like whet your appetite and give you what you want. You know? It's yeah, they they actually have the best porridge right now. You know, some of that other stuff's a little too hot, <laughs> too, a little too, too cold. cold. But this one's just. It's just it's perfect. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is they actually are in American Mary as well. Mm-hmm. They play the crazy German twins. Yeah, and I. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I, I I don't I don't know if they were going. I think they may have been going for camp in terms of their over the top accents. Donatella Versace. Yeah. We want you to do something great for us. For we are the werewolf women of the SS. It's awesome. I loved it. To me, that was you talk about that nice element of camp and a little bit of wink. I saw that. Yeah. And I really liked that. When they when they saw the stripper with piercings and all of them, they're coming here and she gives him a kiss and then rips off. Oh. Yeah. That one was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they're like, and they're just, <laughs> stupid Americans. You know, it's just. This is my Thursday, you know. Right. <laughs> they play it with such a plum. I liked that. I yeah. Just and then they actually, you see that's like it's going to be their challenge. And they actually are the ones that end up backing her through her like website financially and, and everything because uh, crazy rich <laughs> Germans, crazy rich German twins. We have the money, Lebowski. It's okay. Go ahead and give us the horns. They're nihilist, man. They don't believe in anything. It's a, <laughs> I just, I liked the fact that they, and to me, it didn't take away from the film. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, it kind of happened pretty naturally, I thought. Yeah. And just the other thing that really kind of sticks out to me with this film is you would think with such an iconic figure, you know, what do you do with these iconic figures? You make more movies. 
But oh, I know. Spoiler for a, you know three year old film. Yeah, it's not a happy ending. It isn't a happy ending, no. unfortunately. And you're rooting for Mary the whole fucking time. That's what makes it so much more effective, I think, mm-hmm. and just more cathartic. Just you, you just it sours you at the end. You're yeah, because she goes out like a champ, though. Yes, yeah, she does. She goes out like a champ. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna try my best and fix it, you know. But unfortunately, which was which is good because it it finally seals it off and it makes it a good decent mm-hmm. ending. But it's sad. It sucks because like I want to see like the further adventures of Mary. You well, know? let me let me uh, throw a scenario here at you. So we know Mary isn't with us anymore, and she's gonna have that like kind of permanent scar. She tried to you know sew mm-hmm. herself back up. What if they went full on Sam Raimi and brought Mary Mason back from the dead as like a zombie, not Crazy necessarily, as, but just like, yeah, just like not even necessarily undead. a zombie and maybe a weekend at Bernie's kind of scenario, <laughs> but you know, but something where they go a little bit more, even more champion supernatural. Cause uh, this film, American Mary is very grounded. Yeah. It's very real. In real. I don't think it would work as a crazy supernatural slash. What if they went like over the top though, like Evil Dead Two, like mm-hmm. just kind of slapsticky, give it a Raimi vibe. Well, you know, I don't know. That's kind of like asking <laughs> hypotheticals are hard like that because you know you really can't. I think what made this work is it felt real. Yes, very much. I so. mean, it felt like you know you're looking at somebody's actual life. I mean, people get raped. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. But people go into they don't really go on revenge sprees <laughs> like like. Mary did, but there's a lot of medical students and students in general that do what they have to do. You I, know? Think, I think it speaks to the high pressure environment and the high stress that they would be that a medical student finds himself in, yeah. especially in going into her. She's going to be a surgeon, so mm-hmm. and that's such a male dominated, yeah. macho, just uh-huh. just biggest dick kind of thing. And they play that well in this movie too. Oh, again, yeah, they just those are the Maxim dudes. There, they're the guys that unfortunately love Entourage. You know, they just yeah, you. Do you know who my dad is? Ew, that's like swarmy, and which slimy. Which why I think when Mary does get a revenge, it is it's that much. Great. It's sweet, right? Yeah, you're like about fucking time. Man. There, yeah. I, you identify through Mary, and I think ultimately that what when when it does end the way it does. It is just such a ah, oh, like we were so invested in her. We mm-hmm. wanted to see her make win it through. and survive and keep on going. But I think though, in terms of not necessarily again going in that weird wacky sequel, but just the way she goes out, just how symbolic it is the fact that she 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 patched herself back, mm-hmm. you know, and then died that way. Yeah, that's that kind of urban legend that'll live on. How about you bring her back? Candyman style, Bloody Say Mary. She becomes, like, she, she becomes the Bloody true Bloody Mary. Mary. Oh, because she scared the. F- they called her Bloody Mary. And, yes, they did. And when she was like fucking threatening that stripper chick in the bathroom. Oh, oh that that was she was bad fucking ass. When that happened, I was I looked at my wife. I was like, "What is happening here?" Yeah. It's like, "What did she do?" I don't remember. It's like, "Oh my god, she's gonna mess her up." Uh huh. She brought that evil side of uh-huh. her out. That she's just like, just don't fuck with me. So yeah. I, I think you could bring her back, Bloody Mary style, where it becomes an urban legend. And it's like, yo, do you do y'all remember that 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 Mary Mason? Oh, Bloody Mary, yeah, yeah. you know. And then just becomes she comes up and sews you up, or yeah, shit some like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or just Prince you know, Albert just like just comes in like just staples your penis, just <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my work here is done. You know, yeah. just just <laughs> that. Okay, there's another way to take it. You talk about the slapstick and everything, but I guess the reason I bring that up is it it does kind of bum me that we don't get to see the further adventures of Mary. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and just in terms of her evolution and how she, because I think that the character itself she did a 180, and it was it wasn't just like a flipping of a switch. Oh, not at all. It was like such a natural progression where you could just see her going like, okay, 
they took everything away from me. I'm going to fuck some shit up. I got nothing else to lose. Let's do this. You know, it was it was great. It's an interest. I, I really do like the way they played it up. Um, Man, yeah, there was just so much good stuff. And here's the thing. This is technically their first big feature film. And I did want to mention the uh, cinematography by uh, Brian Person because it's just such a good-looking film. Yeah, talk about coming right, swinging right out the gate, man. Dude, they called the, they they knocked it out of the park on this. Yeah. It's just so many things work for it. That's why when I originally found it, it was like, that's their first one. Are you kidding me? No, it was like, Those are masters at yes. their craft right there. That was, yes. for me, one of the most impressive things regarding it, which just, to me, goes to show this is such a natural fit for them, Jen and Sylvia. This is this is what they do. Yeah. This is what they were born and bred to do. Mm-hmm. You know, They're just kicking ass out there. <laughs> um, Wonder Twin Powers active Pow. Yeah. Form, Form of, of American Mary. <laughs> so good. So good. So do we recommend this film? Oh, highly. Most Absolutely. definitely. Absolutely. Um, now, the other one I want to talk about, uh, because this is also streaming on Netflix, is the ABCs of Death Part 2. Yeah. Which they, uh, the they, uh, the Saska twins, they actually have a, uh, one of the segments. With Tristan. Yes. Yes, I know. That's... The, Tristan's part of the crew, man. She's in the stable. She's yeah. in the stable. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be a long-running relationship. When you see a Sasuke film, you're like, "Yo, where's Tristan? She going to show up?" Gonna pop it's up. Gonna, it's like the Raimi uh, Bruce Campbell thing, right? You know, it's going to be the same thing. I love that. Uh, but they have the letter T, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because half the fun with the ABCs of Death is trying to figure out what the letter stands for. Mm-hmm. But they really go for it in this one. Yeah. And uh, what's great is they actually have some of the guys from Astron 6 in it as well. And then they are in Astron 6's... And they are in the letter W, if I remember right. And, for... they, and that's such a good one. Astron 6, they can do no wrong for me. I That one was kind of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I won't lie. In fact, uh, we talked about Atomic and Cotton earlier. They made a um, Champions, Champions of Zorb shirt. Yeah. So Atomic Cotton, they get some of that new horror. Mm-hmm. And ABCs of Death too. I really liked it almost a little bit more than the first one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I think just because it was a little bit more polished yeah and the specs of the fact when i was like when they said who was written i was like oh snap that's uh-huh. the last because that's so cool yeah because i didn't know it beforehand and then even uh our own jill six uh she uh directed the little scene at the end there with uh, lawrence, with Harvey, lawrence right? Harvey. yeah it's like how am, how I, am sp- I supposed to wank to this He's such a cool dude, man. I hopefully you know I don't know maybe he would become coming back to town again. I soon hope so because I wouldn't mind seeing him again. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Just sit and talk to. It's kind of nice when the people you meet like that are mm-hmm. cool are really cool. Yeah, just such a goes a long way, I guess. Yeah, and then they did with Jill that blood drive, the women in horror. Oh, and that's that's another thing I'd like to talk about is they are really charitable. They mm-hmm. are huge into the uh, LGBT uh, community with the, like the blood their PSA for the blood was the, oh, awesome. It was. It Dude, was them driving great. in that like uh was like the bandit car uh-huh. there and they're just they're just just cool yeah they're just they cool chicks cool. they're just cool chicks man they're like the kind of chicks that like are cool and then remember in high school there was like the girls where they're kind of dark and mysterious but they're really really cool and everybody wanted to hang out with them and like nobody could like date them from the high school they're like oh we date somebody else and they're older you know exactly and, they and can, and like oh you girls are so cool there were some metal chicks like that when i was growing up that i just thought were really cool that was me and the goth girls oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah see i had my mullet going against me as it turns out <laughs> i honestly thought it was a good look with a megadeth <laughs> your, t-shirt your tennessee top hat <laughs> i thought i looked more like like Mark Slaughter, I turned out I was more like um, uh, what's his name from Beavis and Butthead, Stewart. <laughs> Stewart, yeah. <laughs> DJ, what's the bed? Dinner. <laughs> you guys don't like Winger. 
<laughs> but no, they're huge <laughs> in the charitable scene. Uh, they do the blood donation, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, they have a really, really good social media presence. Yeah, and especially I mean, during like WWF. Oh yeah, or WWE. Oh, they're huge. Well, that's the other thing. They're nerds. Yeah. They're geeks. They're 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 us. Yeah, but just really talented. <laughs> you know, and they're I'm, when I talk about the social media though, just they interact with a lot of their fans, and I that's what I really like about them because. I think they're still fans, mm-hmm. and they can they know yeah. what it's like, and they appreciate that. And I don't think they take anyone for granted because I see them interacting with people all the time on Twitter and yeah. Instagram, and I admire that because I'm thinking about those little those kids that are interacting with them. And this is a, of course, you know, you guys never got to do this with you know John Carpenter, and it's like ah, oh, <laughs> yeah. you don't know how lucky you are. You know, <laughs> imagine being able to do that. We had pen pals back in the day. Yeah. If we were lucky, we wrote a letter to Roddy Piper. He might write us back, <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, they interact with their fans. Oh, yeah. And it's true like, hey, interaction. Yeah. And they actually had their birthday not too long ago. And they, they were just like, you know, you could tell it's genuine when they thank their fans. Also, what the best part, too, is they're always wearing Atomic Cotton shirts, too, which I love. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's good. Represent Kansas City. Holla. Holla. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, a very charitable. Good with their fans. Um, also... There are other films, uh, See No Evil 2, mm-hmm. which is the sequel to that WWE perfect, right? With right. The, you know, uh, uh, horror film starring Kane. Uh-huh. Now, here's the thing. Here's a, here's an admission. This is I don't know if you've seen it. Not yet. Okay. We we do a segment on here called I've Seen That, where mm-hmm. we admit we finally admit to a movie we haven't seen that we should see. Uh-huh. This is going to be one for it. Um, but I have heard, number one, it's got Catherine Isabella in it. Sold. There's the crew, right? <laughs> but let me entice you a little bit more. Do you know who else is in this one? Kane. Kane is in it. But this one is for you, genius. Mm-hmm. This is one that tickles your fancy. Daniel Harris? Yep. Oh, I love me some Daniel Harris. Oh. And they're all in this great little slasher film yeah. that was essentially elevated by the direction of Jen and Sylvia Sosca. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that they took on a film that most people would go, eh, you're going to you're going to do the sequel to See No Evil and made it badass, gave it their flavor and put in their crew, their stable. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Um, and they've also got another one on the line uh, coming up that they're currently finished up on. It's called Vendetta. Mm-hmm. And it's got Dean Cain. And the big show. Superman. And it's got the big show, so it continues with the WWE theme. I'm curious to see how it comes out. I'm going to see it. Yeah, definitely. Based on the fact that it's them. They've yeah. Now, for me, they've kind of hit that level where if they do it, I'll, I'll check it out. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I don't do that with too many people, um, but it's nice for me because I don't know if I've mentioned it before on the show or not. I am steeped in... 80s horror i'm steeped in 70s horror yeah anything after the new millennium i'm it's my cultural blind spot i admit it and so uh the first time i actually saw american mary was one of those films i i knew about i knew i should have seen by now Mm -hmm. and i finally when it was on netflix i was like okay i'm gonna watch it it was the best two hours i'd spent in so long yeah it's really really good yeah it was wonderful and so that's why we have them on our netflix nasties check it out american mary and the abcs of death too and if you're in the kansas city area by the way uh it is a uh we've got a little uh, co- uh convention coming up here called crypticon oh it's gonna be so awesome and uh, because genius you have been completely non-mental this entire episode i am so proud of you <laughs> i would like to put an invitation out to jen and sylvia Soska when you guys are in crypticon if we 
Nightmare Junkhead, also known as uh, we also do a podcast called The Nerds of Nostalgia. If we could talk with you guys, maybe a little interview, podcast interview, anything along the lines. You understand we're fans. We'd like to promote your work. I promise to be good. He's going to be good. He's like, dum, dum. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're going to keep him from, uh, you know, no, no Garth uh, attacks. But, you know, just a personal <laughs> invite. Uh, Keith, uh, Keith, Keith, Erica and Zach can vouch for us. I think, you know, we're good people. So we're putting it out there. Jen and Sylvia, come and talk to us. Mm hmm. But I think that's all we got for this episode, you guys. Uh, again, go check out their body of work. Please do. You know, and then uh, Crazy Nympho's Attack. Yes, the graphic novel coming up. Yeah. Which hit their Kickstarter uh, goal by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, yeah, in fact, let's talk about that real and quick. That show, and that shows that people are excited to see what they're doing and want to back them because of what they do. I think you know you really are successful when you can start a Kickstarter product like that and you can get the funding right. because the fans believe in you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's a it's a great concept actually. It's where some uh, guys give their uh, basically just their the, the wives in this town lose their sex drive. The 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 men in the town drug them and they turn in these sex crazed nympho murdering maniacs. And the chaos ensues. Perfect. It's wonderful. Yeah. And actually one of the perks for their Kickstarter was uh, if you um, had donated a certain amount, there's this big splash page where it's Jen and Sylvia killing these guys and it's like your face here your face here they would draw you into the uh, page i was like oh that'd be that's awesome cool. <laughs> like imagine getting that on there yeah. it's like aren't those the guys from nightmare junkhead what is that that's kind of right. weird what, <laughs> what happened there so I, I love the fact that there was such a good response from the fans um again and that's why i think because we know they care they know we care yeah. You know, there's a good, just symbiotic relationship that happens there. And they make good stuff. And so as long as they keep making good stuff, the fans and the people who appreciate what they're going to do, they're going to respond gonna respond and back them up. You know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. and the horror community, once you're in, you're in. Mm-hmm. We, we're a very, very loyal lot. The <laughs> horror community. We'll, yeah, we are. <laughs> we'll, we'll sit through Leonard's part one through five just to just get to, to get six, six yeah. you know, unfortunately. Um, so until next time, guys, my name is Greg. I'm Genius McGee. We'll see you in your dreams.